Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You go to school, you get a qualification, you get a job. That's the plan for most of us. But should we be thinking differently? Should we be thinking of becoming entrepreneurs? To me, entrepreneurship is about creating change, not just creating companies. According to Storm and Figures from 2022, almost a quarter of a million of us here live in absolute poverty. Our education system fails many of our young people and vital services continue to be cut back. So it might be just a little controversial to ask, could entrepreneurship be part of the solution to the economic woes of our most deprived communities? Kieran Sheehan is a headhunter, company owner and social entrepreneur. He's a keen supporter of business and youth entrepreneurship in Ireland. He joined me to make the case for promoting business as an option amongst our young people as a way of helping them help themselves and their communities. Kieran Sheen, you're very welcome to the Bell Tale. Thanks very much. This word entrepreneurship, it's a great word. I think it's French, you know, and it, 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 it conjures up a whole range of things in my head. You know, it's both, you know, I, I do have this only fools and horses kind of Brick yeah. phones and bad suits image as well. And as well as we have like huge people like Elon Musk, and he's described as an entrepreneur, and of course as Richard Branson. But I mean, when we talk about entrepreneurship, when we're talking about entrepreneurship today, what are we talking about? We're talking about, I guess, anybody who has the desire or capacity to start their own business or to create some sort of commerce of some level. And at one end of the extreme, it can be like you hear about entrepreneurs who start these tech companies and they're wonderful and they're global and so on. But the other end of the extreme, somebody who decides to open up a spa shop, for example, and employ local people in the local community, they're all still entrepreneurs. And I guess we're not very good at recognising entrepreneurs in places like Northern Ireland. You know the big names, you know the big, you know, the, the, the ones who, who are out there in the, in the big business. But the Northern Ireland is full of entrepreneurs and it always actually has been. Uh, believe it or not, if you think back to the origins, the early situations of Belfast, like it was a tremendously entrepreneurial community. The, the, the city was known for just not just building ships, but making rope and making linen. But Northern Ireland and Belfast led the world in those industries, which is incredible, particularly as they were the three largest industries in the world. So a small place like this to lead the world shows shows the, the history. There's been a legacy of entrepreneurs, you know, uh, Ferguson who invented the, the tractor, for example, right through to, to, to many, many brilliant ones living today here. So it does 
take in both people who were industrialists, large businessmen, right down to self-employed people in many senses. Absolutely. Self-employed people. Uh, and if you take, if you look at, say, the, the map of Northern Ireland and, and you park the, the sort of top hundred companies, if you were sitting uh, just over a mile as a crew flies from where we are today over at Catalyst, there's about 250 small companies over there or smaller emerging companies in areas like cybersecurity and fintech and, and, and all sorts of different uh, uh, technologies growing employment, creating employment, big aspiration to grow their businesses. If you look at other parts of even around Titanic, where you've got the creative hotbeds here of film industry, there's any amount of local producers and people involved in the creative arts, um, musicians right across to producers, all entrepreneurs known right. And then if you look simply even at, at the world of like, uh, say, social enterprise, Many, many people helping their communities by starting businesses in local communities, creating local employment and not taking the profit, but putting that profit back into regenerating their communities. So it's a, it's a wonderful ecosystem and a very vibrant place to be around. Let's talk practicality, however, because I'm, I'm sure the people, one of the, one of the things for many young people, it's, I don't come from a business background. I have absolutely no idea how to set up a business and I would, I would, I would have no Ability in that sense, I was never, I never got that kind of education. But let's say I have a great idea, yeah. Uh, and where would I get the money to capitalize this? Where would I get the investment behind it? Or do, or do you start off so small and just grow? Well, you don't necessarily need money to have the idea, right? But very often, teasing that idea out is the is the first part of that challenge, which is something that you can do either with friends or another business person or or maybe a family member or someone else. Um, there's also lots of proper support. So you get support from the entrepreneurial community in Northern Ireland, the likes of Ormo Baths, for example, of entrepreneurs and residents and various others. Invest and I are doing some things. There's lots of business startup programs, local local communities, three councils and so on. But just in simple terms, you get an idea and an idea tends to be very, very simplistic as it should be at that stage. Here's a product. Where's my market? You know, what's it going to cost me to develop it, make it, you know, create it? Uh, what's the selling price I'm going to sell it for? And if you end up with an idea that that is is has potential or has legs, then money should be easy enough to follow. But you don't need like a big investment at the start. You tend to test it out. You trial it out. You, you see if it works. You see is there demand for it. But you can actually lift a product now. You can take a product. You can buy a product, for example, that you don't even even, even have to own or see. Like say a T-shirt, for example. Create a slogan. Have it printed. Have it have it dispatched via, via Amazon Marketplace and, and sell it online. You don't even have to see a product anymore. Even, even three or four years ago, you would physically have to say, get a T-shirt and print it and so on. Like all that is gone. So all you are is, I guess, the... The, the market moment for an IGR generator is actually really interesting. I mean, you, young enterprise, you go in there, you talk to the schools. Um, I've been speaking to my colleague this morning, and certainly I can tell from my experience, we did no business studies, no finance, no economics. Some people did accountancy, okay. Uh, but there was nothing, nothing to suggest self-employment or enterprise or business. I mean, some people naturally were from that background, for example, but what it was always about was the professions, yeah. of which we knew three. Yeah. If you were very smart, you became a, a vet. <laughs> or a doctor. You, or a doctor. <laughs> and if you were, and then, you know, a lawyer or a teacher. And yeah. I 
left school and I, that's what I knew. I knew there were three jobs and I knew nothing else. Yeah, yeah. So should we be integrating, inter, should we, not just as, a, as an extracurricular thing, but should we get, be integrated it into the curriculum? Absolutely. And you'd be glad to hear, Kieran, that in the last couple of years, the curriculum of Northern Ireland has been updated to include a lot of, of life skills, life for learning at work skills, and Young Enterprise plugs into that. Um the, the challenge, I guess, is it's, it's slightly more societal in the fact that success is driven by academia. You know, you, if you pass your GCSEs, you, you go on then to pick the best three and do your A-levels and so on. You're never told by the careers teacher about how to start your own business or given that as an option. So you're already on this channel of going straight down a route where success is a profession or a qualification. And I think that's a massive, a massive mistake. It doesn't happen in many other societies. The US society is again a very different, different world. But certainly schools are realising that to create rounded young people, uh, things like presentation skills, understanding commerce, understanding finance. And you don't need to be, you know, an accountant. You just need to understand the basic principles of how to manage your money and various other things. But the, the point is that young enterprise helps people get very practical skills. And that's the point. You know, practical learning is very different from academic learning. Not all of us are great academics. I wasn't the best academic by any stretch. Uh, but actually, I happen to particularly like practical tasks. And I think there's a, a whole swathe of young people kind of being left behind by the school system that are tremendously entrepreneurial in, in their in their makeup and can I think it's a case of trying to encourage that that sort of spirit or get up and go or that attitude of you know what I can actually help myself and take things from there It's interesting what you've said and I've, I've looked at a couple of the things you've written and, and, and uh, you know you mentioned the link with the United States of America and you've written the United States is recognised globally for its innate entrepreneurial ambition and we want to share this passion with young people. Now, of course, many people in our society would look upon the United States of America in an extremely negative sense yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for various reasons, but, but, but they may also say, well, as you said, one in three children in Northern Ireland are living in childhood poverty and that's the highest in the UK. And some people might be listening and yeah. say, well, that's capitalism's fault. Why would we want more capitalism? Yeah, well, I, I agree. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of, of capitalism. However, in terms of American society, it's more a psyche. Uh, if you if you try something and fail in Northern Ireland, you're kind of you know hide your head in shame nearly. If you try and fail in America, you'd be celebrated. So there's a there's a real glass half full psyche. I think in America, when I I'm not. A, big fan of many, many things American either. But that sort of ability just to dust yourself down, get up and get stuck back in again, I think it's a spirit that all of us could, could live with. Uh, I'm very interested what you say about failure because I think we are very hard on ourselves. And, uh, you know, people might be thinking about starting a wee business idea, but the shame of failure would, <laughs> would, would just, you know, and people people would say, don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be getting out of your box and all that. So, Absolutely. but failure, you don't look upon failure. No, no, it's a learning experience. It's it's like, yeah, yeah, the win is something that you learn. That's the reality. But the idea if you win, lose, I think is, is a is a is a mindset you have to get rid of ultimately. And that's something that I've tried to tried to bring into my own children's lives and families and friends and so on. If you win on something, if you, if it doesn't quite go your way, what have you learned from it? So it's always a positive experience. And I think that is a very simple, simple thing that young people can carry through their lives. You know, and you're always you're always trying to learn and try to improve. But there's certainly something here. I think it is. It's a, a parochial sort of Northern Ireland thing is the fact that, oh, sure, don't be getting too proud of yourself or don't be, don't be getting above your station. You can be successful and be entrepreneurial, but that doesn't make you a capitalist. 
you, you can make money, you can have a good income, but you can use that income in many other ways that are very positive for society. I think what's very interesting as well, if you look at one of the wealthiest men in the world at the moment, Warren Buffett, 99.9% of his wealth, which is which is considerable, it's in the it's in the billions of dollars, billions and billions. He's donating away philanthropically. He wants he wants to pass all that wealth away. He's very proud of the fact that he's a fantastic moneymaker. He doesn't exploit um, people the way the way many other organize others others may. But his his determination is to use his talents the best of his ability and unleash that that the 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 the, the benefit of that wealth to to various parts of of society around the world. I suppose to be cynical, but. You know, that's, 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 that's the positive sell. Some people might say, okay, uh, you know, some parts of government might say, oh yeah, like let's, let's spend some money on this program in, in inciting entrepreneurship in, in this working class area. And they might give it in one hand and take away the other. And people might be saying, yeah, but you close the youth club, you know? <laughs> so, so I think that that maybe some people might think that they're, you know, that they might say, hey, look, you know that's fine to be talking about entrepreneurship, but they might be worrying about about funding and, and service uh, and jobs, etc. Now I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but I just wanted to sort of coax okay. you onto social enterprise. And right. So that's the sort of thing you're also in, encouraging. Yeah. If you consider, um, and I know several entrepreneurs who've helped set up social enterprise companies. Uh, I'll tell you about one in particular I was involved in in, in West Belfast in the Colne area. Uh, it's a domiciliary care business. Uh, I had a background in, in running domiciliary care. I understood how it worked and so on. The community were trying to run a business where local people would be employed to provide care for older people in their own homes. They didn't understand the how to recruit staff, didn't understand how to finance, didn't understand how to tender with trusts and all that sort of stuff, which I did. Um, and me and a, and a couple of others, we managed to get a loan from Lisbon Strategic Partnership at £35,000. And we got one of the trusts in, in Northern Ireland to give us an initial contract that allowed us to recruit six staff. And those six staff were employed. They were all unemployed women. They were employed, they were trained, they were supported, and they started to build careers in the healthcare system. That business now currently employs around 80-odd people. It's an incredible business. And I think since that time it had been established, it's probably generated somewhere like between 9 and £10 million pounds of revenue, the vast majority of which has come back into that local community. All of the profits that organisation makes go back into supporting other health-related activities. So it's an incredible, incredible concept. Uh, it's entrepreneurship at its, at its best in many ways. Uh, and there's a real scope to do many more things like that to actually provide get people employed, um, often delivering government-funded services in a, in a better way than maybe government might do it themselves. Now, can I, can I ask you now that, now, now, that, now that I have you here, you work in recruitment. Yes. So for people perhaps who are going down the professional route, perhaps might, go into, might have an entrepreneurial idea in the future, but now they're looking to be employed, I mean, what does Northern Ireland need and in terms of education, in terms of skills? What is the market needing now? And that, I know that's a very open question because okay. there's so many sectors. Right. But what are you looking for now? Well, my business, Clarendon Executive, I mean, we focus really on senior executives and they are, tend to be director level, level type jobs. 
there is a shortage. There's a shortage of senior talented people across Northern Ireland, given the growth of the economy. People struggle to, to understand that, but there is. Um, what we have in our favour are tens of thousands, in fact, you know, several million, you know, of the Irish diaspora outside of Northern Ireland and, and wonderful places around the world who often have this desire to come back to Northern Ireland. And I, my business, Clarendon, we've been very key on bringing people back. So that that's a big thing. Um, but what are employers looking for more generally? It's probably a slightly harder question. Um, the core skills at the moment are, you know, this ability to be innovative and be pre-creative, um, to, to provide leadership and uh, to others or coordinate skills. The, the days of having to work long hours and do 80 hours a week and be the last person to leave the office, they're all kind of long gone these, these days, to be honest. The world has fundamentally changed. People want to work flexibly and all, and, all, and all that goes with that. But the, the, the real dynamism of people who are innovative or creative, who are, can, can embrace change or resilient, like if one thing that COVID has taught us all around the workplace is to be resilient, is to be really, because it's a lot of, a lot of challenging times for many people in many companies. And we've got that, got that sort of innate thing. Uh, but it depends on the role. If you're in a sales role, you still want to have a personality, you need a charm, you need to have a strategic insight. If you're in a technical role, you have to be really, really disciplined around details. So there's different skills for different jobs. But I tend to find that, I tend to find that most employers generally across the board are looking for people who generally want to go to work, do a decent day's work, put as much effort as they can, be as be as creative or innovative as they can, get on with their colleagues. Don't be afraid to challenge negative behaviour, but also try to encourage others to be to be their best. You know, I changed job during COVID and I know many people, whether they changed job or had ideas or wrote a book, for some reason it was a change of mindset. And I think there was a, a phenomenon known as the great resignation. Did you yeah. see more people during or after COVID saying, no, I'm going to try out my ideas. I've had this idea and now I'm going to break off the past here. COVID, I think, was such a shock to the system and actually in many ways a very needed shock to the system. I think I I saw such a transformation of people who you know, we're on that kind of rat race, mouse on a wheel, working all hours of the day, kind of forgetting what life was all about. And that was kind of, I think, a bit of a plague that, that we all nearly, nearly, nearly caught. Um, however, the, the reality is when COVID hit, you know, everything just kind of stopped and it became in that vacuum a time for people to really revaluate and to rethink and realise, you know what, actually, I, for the first time in years, have spent a week with my family in a house where <laughs> I have spent quality time just doing something even talking to my friends on Zoom at night that I haven't talked to do you remember those phenomena people were doing like Zoom dinners and all sorts of different things to keep us interested you had to be really creative about how you actually engage with people and I think it was a massive shock from the workplace perspective being able to work from home I guess you know, opened up a whole massive new range of opportunities. The fact that you could actually work from home meant that you could actually, technically speaking, work anywhere from anywhere, which was actually like in incredible. So there've been so many opportunities have, have emerged from that. And I think a lot of people decide, you know what, actually what I'm doing is not, not for me. And that's, that's where the big, the great resignation came from. Give people just saying, you know what, actually, I think there's something better out there for me. I don't quite know what it is, but you know what, I'm going to have a look and see. And I think that was a, 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 a massive plus. So many people I've seen over the last four years have 
decided to do something very, very different. Many people are having a very different and better quality of life. Many people have much better home life balance between work, work and life. And I see so many more people now working for companies that they never, ever thought they would get access to because they have this flexibility of working from a home or a remote base. One of the other great events of our time, of course, was Brexit. And we were promised a less regulated, more business-friendly world. Did it do anything for entrepreneurship? I'm not so sure the regulation is is, is that heavy. It's a big, a big issue for Northern Ireland. Um, you know, I think there's a real opportunity. And many in the business community think that the protocol offers a huge best of both worlds mentality. And the reality is, if you look, you know, 40 miles across the border, uh, you look at an economy that's grown at 6.8%, you know, last year, that is going to have a surplus in two years' time of around £60 billion surplus, as against the UK economy, which is a contracting point, not four, and is, is, is heading into recession. Probably gives you an idea of, you know, the European market was, was a, is a good thing for business. But Northern Ireland has the, has the potential to benefit from both markets. So, you know, I think that's a space for entrepreneurs and people who want to start businesses, you know, to, to, to start. Whenever Joe Biden was here, uh, he talked about, you know, the great legacy of the, of the Good Friday Agreement in 25 years. But his big focus in his speech was getting on and building the economy for the next 25 years. And I think young people and entrepreneurship will absolutely be at the heart of that. I, I generally do. And I think the climate couldn't be better. There is, um, there is the flexibility to kind of work from home or work anywhere. And I think if I was coming out of school now at 17, 18, I would think there's a wealth of opportunity there. And I, I generally think that's the case. Uh, no matter what background you come from or no matter, you know, where you start in life, there's an opportunity to get on and do things for yourself and your community. But we are in a cost of living crisis. We all we all notice it in the shops. I mean, I when they ask, do you want your receipt? I always say, yes, hand it over here. I want a good look at that to try <laughs> and work. How did I spend £90 uh, when I just popped in for a few things? And we, we've all seen these things. So a lot of people might say, well, you know, you're luck- you, you want to set up a business. There's cost of living crisis. You mentioned opportunity. Is, is that not a threat? Well, well, a business doesn't necessarily cost a lot to set up. You know, if you, you, can, you can start something slow and small in your own right. You really can. You generally can. I mean, for anyone out there who's actually deciding, oh, I don't want to start my own business. Look at your wardrobe. Look at look at what clothes you have in your wardrobe. You may be able to sell on eBay, for example. You'd be quite surprised. In two weeks, you could have you could have three or four hundred quid saved up with stuff that's sitting there that you never had. Uh, there's ways and means of starting. You see people trading. You see all this stuff on on I don't know on Facebook and so on. People trading and buying products, Facebook Marketplace and so on. Um, but you know. I guess in, in any in any shape or form, I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you an example to show you uh, to maybe to articulate a bit better. A number of years ago, uh, Virgin, uh, supported by Bank of Scotland, developed a company called Tenor or a concept called Tenor, right? Where they give kids £10 and they basically were given five or six weeks to make that £10 work, right? Now, the kids in school, 14, 15 years old, given a tenner, right? And the idea was at the end of the six-week program, they give that tenner back and whatever was left, they kept themselves, right? Uh, it was sponsored by, I think, Royal Bank of Scotland and it cost £100,000 across the UK. £94,000 came back in tenors. So 94,000 of them, 94% of them were actually profitable in some shape or form and voluntarily gave their tenner back, right? So it cost Royal Bank of Scotland at the time, whatever it was, £6,000. But a lot of those, 
a lot of those kids were doing things like, and in simple terms, buying a book and two sponges, washing cars, right? That was, that was a tenner. But making 50 or 60 quid or 70 quid, that's the way the world can work. You know, it, you don't have to be a rocket scientist or have to start a tech firm to make money. And a lot of people are just using their ingenuity, maybe buying stuff in charity shops, selling it, trading, doing various things. So you don't have to be, have to be a genius just to, to make money. You know, you really don't. So I'll ask you a final question then. I just want you to one more sales pitch. Uh, sell me entrepreneurship and what it could do for Northern Ireland. Well, at the moment, Northern Ireland has this unbelievable position of having the best of two worlds between the UK, UK and Brexit. It can be a hugely uh, attractive destination for American foreign member investment as well. It has a really good... Uh, Place. It's a good quality of life here, brilliant quality of life, generally speaking, by comparison to, to, to many other parts of the UK. And there's a, a really good work ethic and a good skill base and so on that goes with it. But if we really get the next the next generation right, we at Young Enterprise have 100,000 kids a year in Young Enterprise. And very often they're doing that one year out of the whole school year. If we could start to get entrepreneurial experiences to kids at P7, Form 1, Form 2, Form 3, Form 4. By the time they're fourth year, fifth year, sixth year making career choices, they'll be doing all the sort of things I've been talking about. Thinking about social impact and thinking about starting a business and maybe have one or two small business under, under their wing. But there's absolutely the opportunity to make Northern Ireland the most entrepreneurial part of Europe and the most successful small economy in Europe without a shadow of a doubt. We've everything really going for us. The peace dividend is huge. We've got friends all around the world. We have massive potential support, you know, in terms of of um, the, the American government and various others invested in Northern Ireland. So the only thing holding back is the moment is our mentality. And of course, our good friends up at Stormont, who I'm hoping very clearly will get back and will start to show leadership from the government side. Kieran Sheehan, thank you very much. Lovely to chat to you. When you get an Irish independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a €75 O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply.